Good morning and welcome to the Fantasy Blanket Daily Podcast, where we talk all sports fantasy in real. I'm Brian Baines. He is Trey. Welcome to the show, June 16th. It's Wednesday. It's a hump day. Episode number 329. How are you today, sir? Ah, I'm doing okay. You know, I was a little disappointed in last night's performance from the Bucks, but I'm doing okay otherwise. How are you? Good, good. Went out to dinner last night and was watching the game out of the corner of my eye uh, on the screen on the other right. side of the on the other side of the bar. Uh, looked like the Bucks had them, and then they just uh, you know, then then they didn't. Kevin Durant kind of kind of took over a little bit, and right. Buck, Bucks just... Bucks stopped making shots, and and that was that. Just like that, yep. it was over. Yep. Yeah, that was crazy. Like literally, we were up fifteen or something like that, and then Kevin Durant just took over the game. Man, he, you know, it's crazy. Ends up with forty nine points, seventeen rebounds, ten assists, and it just <laughs> right Tri- are, triple double time. To... Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw One the to... I saw the sixteen of twenty three, four for seven from the free throw line, but I missed that uh, rebound and assist line. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, first 45-10-10 and 10 game in NBA history. Jeez. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they said going in, uh, Durant's going to have to take over. <clears throat> well, guess what? He did. He, he took over. So they, they hold serve. That was on their home court. So they head back to Milwaukee, uh, probably a Friday night game maybe for that one, or t- tomorrow night, maybe Thursday night game. Uh, uh, tomorrow night. Yep. So back back in Milwaukee, see if they can even it up. Uh, you know, the the nets are depleted a little bit, so we'll see how many times uh, Durant can step up and do that uh, on his own because he pretty much had to do that on his own. Obviously, almost half of their points, and right, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and he got it done. So uh, uh, also out of the NBA, Kawhi Leonard knee injury. Sounds like he could miss the rest of this series uh, with the Clippers, and that's you know uh, yep. a certain death for them. I would have to think the Jazz um, like the prospects there. Uh, Chris Paul, some sort of a positive test or something. We, you know they don't they don't really tell us what's going on. He just goes into the protocol. So you know, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if 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 dude is not vaccinated, it's bad on him. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, you, you know, you're letting down your team. You're letting down your city uh, by making this mistake. If he is vaccinated, uh, should be a short stay on, in the protocol, uh, I would assume. And if if he gets lucky, obviously the Suns would be giant jazz fans right now to try to extend this thing out as far as they can get it and, uh, you know, make this make this series go seven. So he has time to clear the protocol and get back in there. But, uh, yeah, come on, Paul. Take, take, take one for the team, I, you know, and they don't, they can't disclose whether these guys have been vaccinated or not, and whatever. Right, right. But, but, and, and so we will know whether he was or not based on how long his stay on the protocol lasts. Well, well my assumption is, um, after the game, I don't know if you saw a little bit. He had one up and hugged his family. I don't know if that was the issue. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep, he went up and hugged his family, and there's probably some randoms out there. But the funny thing is, like I was telling the guys in MSD, is that Chris Paul is actually the president of the Players Association. Yeah. So I, I highly doubt they're going to keep him in there. Like It's like there's two more games, well, potentially two more games of uh, the Clippers 
Jazz series. So who who knows? He might not even miss a game. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean that that essentially buys him. They're two two right now in that series. So that buys him what two? They play tonight, so another three days, and then probably two days off for that. So at least five days before they would potentially. Well, actually, probably longer than that because it's two two. So they've got to play two more games. So that's three. Yeah. So five, potentially seven days before they would have to play again. Um, you know, you one would think as long as he's not showing symptoms or anything like that, um, you know, he, he could pass through the protocol pretty quickly and and get back on the floor because obviously he has shown to be the guy. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, Booker is is awesome, mm-hmm. but but Chris Paul is clearly the leader. Uh, and the the, the, the the heart and the spirit of that team right now. So uh, they will need him going forward. And, and I want to see him on the floor too, because uh, at this point, you know, the, the Suns would be the team I'm probably cheering for the most out of this one, out of the Western Conference. So, um, yeah, Lightning beat the Islanders, even that thing up. They beat them four to two. They are at one to one. Uh, we'll have uh, Golden Knights going tonight against – uh, the Montreal Canadiens again, game two. Hopefully the Canadians can find a way to will themselves to a victory there. Do not want to see uh, the Golden Knights back in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Major League Baseball seemed like a pitcher's night yesterday. Kind of weird. The, Chris Flexen for the Mariners was fantastic. You know, he's a real up-and-down guy. I was looking through his his lines over the last several starts, and you just don't know. You get one of these, eight, eight innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts <laughs> in a win. Um, you know, that's coming off a horrible performance the, the time before. So who knows? Uh, you know, I, I, I have him in my queue. I'm ready to pick him up. Nah. And now I'll pick him up. No, no, I don't want to do this. And it seems like anybody I pick up in these days either gets hurt or gets completely shelled. So it doesn't really matter. I picked up some dude from the Braves yesterday. Yeah, this was good. I picked up the starter for the Braves yesterday. He got hurt and shelled in the same game. So Wow, you're the reason why I lost all those points yesterday. Oh, Lord. Tucker Davidson. Yeah, he went uh, on the IL too. Yeah, yeah, right. That was good. That was good. So, right, yeah. ar- right arm inflammation. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. Tommy John. Yeah. He was doing so well too until that point. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I and I yeah, Thanks, I, Mitch. I, yeah, it was great. I I look on uh I'm getting updates. Red Sox are scoring runs in the first inning. I'm like, "Sweet. Yes, Red Sox are up. Red Sox are Oh, crap. I picked up right. that guy for the Braves to pitch and then I could. You know, yeah. And then he goes 2.1 and I'm like, well, he looked like he hit right at the ship a little bit. Why'd they pull him out? And then, yeah. Oh, he's injured. Why not? Because that's what I do is I pick up guys to get injured. Uh, Yastrzemski had a grand slam last night. Frankie Montas was good for the A's seven innings, five hits, two runs, one walk, eight strikeouts and a win. Mr. Shoei Hotani, number 18 last night. Jared Walsh had number 15 for the angels in a loss. McMahon does it again for the uh, Colorado Rockies with his 16th and not to be left behind Fernando Tatis jr. With his 20th last night. Uh, We had Trevor Rogers for the Marlins in a lot or in no decision actually for him, six innings, three hits, one run, one walk, six strikeouts. I think they got beat two to one Luis Castillo. Welcome back to the major leagues, buddy. Nice. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, three walks, seven strikeouts in a no decision, of course. <laughs> Still can't get the win out of it. But, hey, better things from Castillo for the first time all year, it feels like. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Anderson from uh, Milwaukee. 
Yeah, right? You, you probably watched this one. Seven innings, one hit, no runs, one walk, nine strikeouts in the no decision with uh, – what did he get? One run of support did, or, or did he even get that? Uh, I, I think they got, got, no, got shut out. No yeah, he got shut out. I, th- I think the uh, Brewers got shut out by the White Sox, right? Uh, Keichel, yeah. Ke- seven innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. He gets the win. So the Brewers continue to not score any runs. Oh, the Rays. The Rays. White oh, Sox oh it's Rays. the Rays. Okay, White Sox, Rays. Okay. Brewers and Reds. Yeah. Weirdly oh. enough, the, Bre- the Brewers Reds game was on the same time the Bucks game was. So I did, uh, yeah. you know. I, I prioritize it that one. Yeah, Bucks win. Bucks win. Uh, Altu- uh, Altuve with the walk-off grand slam last night. His 13th home run of the year seems to have found it again. Kyle Gibson, uh, seven innings, one hit, one run, one walk, three strikeouts in a no decision for Texas. Casey Mize, 6.2 innings for the uh, – for the Detroit Tigers, seven innings, three hits, one run, three walks – or, sorry, one walk, three strikeouts in the win. Jonathan Scope, man, he just gets better as it gets warmer out, I swear. 11 home runs. He just waits for me to drop him in every league, too. Tay Tay Juan Walker, again, looking good for the Mets. Seven innings, five hits, two runs, no walks. 12, count them, 12 strikeouts for Walker last night. Mm. Javi Baez with his 15th. Bo Bichette with his 14th. Patrick Corbin looked good. Uh, yeah, both both those guys that got dropped, right, by YK. 8.1, eight hits, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts in the win. Mookie Betts, home run number eight. Rafael Devers, home run number 16. Uh, Xander Bogarts, home run number 13. Uh, Alex Verdugo was the big winner in this one. Nine, uh, His ninth home run was the winner over the Braves last night. And Tyler Glasnow, did you, did you see the interview with Tyler Glasnow speaking out last night? Yeah, he um, allegedly claimed that uh, the substance was to do to it. But then I actually read into the interview, and then he was saying something about how the ball varies from time to time. So he had – I don't know what that – his indication on that means. But, yeah, I, I did read so. So he – yeah, so he's saying uh, essentially that this is a bunch of BS, that, that the league is just doing this right in the middle of a season, right, with not giving these guys any time to prepare. He said, he said the baseballs are very inconsistent in terms of grip, and these guys need some, something. And he says, you know, his, his something of choice was the old uh, sun, sunblock and uh, resin or something like that. He uses uh, yeah, a common one, right? He, he – he discounted any of the the other funny business that was going on, but he he pretty much freely admitted that he had he's been using stuff, and his previous start in Washington, he said he went cold turkey, um, and and went ahead and you know to try to to get in compliance with all this stuff so he doesn't get in any trouble, and found that he has to grip the ball entirely different to be able to to be able to hold on to it just to be able to. You know, he he feels like it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with spin rate, which, you know, I, I would argue it, it's obviously going to have something to do with spin rate. But but it has everything to do with grip and coming out of that start, which was he said was one of his best starts of the year. Uh, he had he had soreness and pain in places that he has never had soreness and pain in before because of having to essentially shove the ball farther in into his hand and in between his fingers or, you know, to, to make his normal pitches that it was causing 
um, some pain and, and uh, discomfort there after the fact, right? So then he feels fine going into his next start, uh, gets about six innings into that start, and then, you know, then we have the, the MCL minor tear, I guess it is, but he's essentially done for the regular season. They're going to they're gonna go ahead and hold off on surgery because at this point, you know, what they're saying in Tampa is, well, if we have the surgery, he's pretty probably going to be done for all of next year anyway. So we'll go ahead and, and let him rehab and, and kind of let it heal on its own a little bit and see if we can get him back later in the year. If we have to do the surgery, it doesn't really matter if we do it in June or if we do it in September. Uh, either way, he's probably, you know, 2022 is probably gone for him. So, yeah, for Glasnow owners, that sucks. And for Tyler Glasnow himself, it sucks. And he, you know, the frustration, you could definitely tell that, you know, at the end of the interview, he's like, well, yeah, great. Now I get to, you know, shut it down and try to try to get healthy by the playoffs or, you know, or whatever. So it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out because um, I guarantee this is he's not going to be the only only one you know he's he talked about you know i'm six foot six and whatever and i and my hands are this big or whatever i don't i don't need stuff to get spin on the ball um but it has to do i apparently with grip so we'll we'll see as as more and talk about this but we have about a week left before the mlb starts cracking down on it and uh hopefully for these guys health this is this doesn't spell uh, a lot more of this um, because the game of baseball uh, try, while they're trying to fix this will suffer uh, a great deal more if they start losing uh, their, their better pitchers to, to this, to these types of injuries. So we'll see how it plays out. You want to talk some NFC South? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. We'll start with the Falcons. We'll start right at the bottom. <laughs> Sorry, Kahuna. Yeah. Uh, start at the bottom of the division. Running back, or, or Matt Ryan, quarterback, sixteen, comes in. Right, he's lost Julio Jones. His main targets now are Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and Kyle Pitts. So we will see. Uh, you know, Ryan's always been an up and down kind of guy. I, I've always liked to play him in the every other year scenario where he was. You know, he would be quarterback three, and then he would be quarterback 15 and then he'd be quarterback four and then he'd be quarterback 13 and he would do that bounce back and forth and I would try to catch him on uh, you know his up years uh, but last year he he kind of messed up the pattern a little bit did not finish <laughs> where he was supposed to in the top half I had him you know predicted everywhere to uh, be in that top five and and he just didn't do it and they just didn't do it uh, on the field uh, had had a chance to win uh, just about every one of their games last year and found a way often, whether it was their defense, whether it was, you know, the offense stumbling at the wrong times, but they found a way to lose most of those games that they could have won. So he comes in at quarterback 16. Uh, where you fall on Ryan? Um, that's very generous. Uh, honestly, I don't know. His value kind of stays the same to me. It's like, I mean, he lost Julio, yes, but Julio typically is injured at some point. Um, like you said, he's getting pits in. Pits allegedly, I, everybody's big. Everybody's huge on pits. Yeah. I have no opinion. Um, 
So maybe he steps in and becomes that next Julio guy, you know. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, he's a stud. He's just going to do his thing. He's entering his prime. He's only 26 years old. He can he clearly proved that he could be the guy last year. So, and then in addition to that, they brought in Mike Davis, who also filled in for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina for the majority of the season last year. Yeah, he what's up? Did, what's uh, up with what's up with that, right? So he, he gets a chance in Chicago, right? He was in Seattle. Always looked good, spelling guys in Seattle. Uh, comes mm-hmm. in, comes in, and and looks electric, and and then he signs as free agent with Chicago. They give him the shot uh, ahead the in the season that they drafted Montgomery, and they give Davis the the green light to to be the guy, and and he makes it about two games before falling out of favor there and never really really made it happen. Then he goes to Carolina and gets an opportunity when Christian McCaffrey goes down and then, you know, looks like a legitimate back, like like the legitimate back that he could have been in Seattle. He's he's probably going to have the chance here. You know, it's going to be his show to start out the year anyway, so we'll see if he can bring it. He comes in as running back 23, and I feel like, um, you know, he has the potential to finish a lot higher than that. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I feel that's a little low. I feel like top 15 out of him. That's if he doesn't go into a committee. I just don't know what uh, Atlanta's thinking. Like, more than likely, they're going to be down throwing it, so it's like, will he be a substantial catcher out of the backfield is the question. Yeah, Quadri Olison is the is, it would be at least ADP wise uh, running back sixty two would be considered to be the backup, but they brought they drafted a couple guys and they you know they've got some stuff going on, so we'll see uh, how much how much of a lion's share of the work Mike Davis gets down. And Calvin Ridley comes as the wide receiver four, uh, not a big surprise there, right? He's going to be the go to guy. He's got to stay healthy. He's had uh, little nagging injuries each and every year that kind of get in the way. So we'll see if he can get a full season in Russell. Russell Gage is the wide receiver two uh, at, at uh, 48. He comes in at 48 there. Kyle Pitts comes in as the tight end six. Now, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, everybody's all in on Pitts. You're, you're kind of neither, neither nor on him. And I'm kind of the same way. So we rarely, rarely see wide receivers come into the league like a Justin Jefferson did and dominate as rookies it's even harder and if you want to look back over the past numbers very rarely does a tight end come in straight from college and dominate uh, in the NFL it just doesn't it's too complicated of a position for these guys to come in uh, out of college and just take over now if he comes in to just be a pass catcher you know, I can see, I can see this tight end six maybe playing out, but if they're expecting him to block or do any, you know, any of the normal tight end role uh, jobs, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's a tough position to come in and 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 really take over at. So uh, I think tight end, tight end six is pretty generous, although you know it's tight end and yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take a ton. Uh, of production to get all the way up to tight end six anymore because you, you kind of have your three and then everybody else kind of falls in behind that with, you know, with touchdown dependence and all that. Hayden Hurst is your tight end 34. He's not gone, right? They brought him in as a free agent last year. Um, maybe we see him more involved as well because some of the attention will go over to Pitts and give him a chance, but he didn't look great last year. So we'll see see how Atlanta rolls there, but that's the tail of the tape there. How about the Carolina Panthers? 
Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty interesting. Like, uh, first off, uh, Sam Darnold. I'm not too sure where he ranks in the system. Honestly, his value. 28. 28. 28? Yeah. Okay. We'll take, we'll, we'll take 28, I guess. I, I would say a change of scenery was the, probably the best thing for him to do. You know, uh, I'm just going to go flat out and say that Adam Gates is pretty incompetent as a offensive guru, as he allegedly was supposed <laughs> to have been. And you know, you know, you know what the you know what the best part of his offering, offensive guru ness, if that's a word or will make up a word, was uh, it's called Peyton Manning. Right. right, right. He was the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning. Great. Uh, you didn't have to do anything, man, other than get the hell out of the way. Right. Right. Well, the, like, the like, like, about... like Peyton Manning was taking advice from him on, uh, on, right. how, on how to run the offense. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. And it's just, it's just amazing. Like that, this Adam Gase guy finesse like the league essentially into a job. Because it's crazy. He goes from uh, the Miami Dolphins, you know, lackluster season after lackluster season to being hired in the division to go coach another team. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. But anyway, back on Sam Darnold. I I mean, I'm not exactly going to say I, I want the guy, but with the he's got new pieces. They're not terrible. They're pretty good, honestly. And if he's available for cheap, like, I, I would take a flyer on him. I'm not saying he's like he has to be starting quarterback. Yeah, in in a redraft league, you're probably not touching him. But you know, in a no. in a in a super flex, uh, you know, I, I'm I have no problem having him as a second or third quarterback to be able to rotate in there. I, I've always kind of been a Darnold guy. I kind of felt like he got the raw end of the deal, uh, having to go to the Jets and deal with that mess up there. So, but it is make or break. I mean, now he's got the opportunity. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got, you know, wide receivers like Moore. He gets to reunite with, uh, with Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, the rookie mm-hmm. Terrence Marshall. So he's going to have some weapons down there. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be time to go. He's going to, he's going to need to show it this year. And then, you know, he's not, he didn't get picked up for the, for the fourth year or the fifth year option. So, you know, he's kind of got to kind of make it go. He'll be, he could be a free agent after this year. So, um, right. time, time to prove it. And, and a pretty, pretty good move by the Panthers to, to grab him. Right. They don't have a lot to lose if they, if it doesn't work out, then they just, you know, use their fir- yeah. first round pick on a, on a new quarterback next year or sign, sign a free agent, somebody, you know, we had guys available last year that could move around. So you never know what they could do. Christian McCaffrey, of course, is the running back one. All he has to do is stay healthy and, you know, he's, he's going to dominate. Chuba Hubbard uh, is the new backup to him. Uh, what, this is what it tells you. They think of the opportunities he will get. He is considered to be the running back 72 uh, yeah. b- behind the running back one. So we don't see Chuba getting a lot of uh, activity, but, you know, it's a great guy to have. As have saw, and, him. Yeah. yeah, as we saw Mike Davis uh, do pretty well in that role last year. So uh, DJ Moore comes in as their top receiver at number 22, Robbie Anderson at 30, and then Terrence Marshall, the rookie, at 84. Uh, you know, you could do a lot worse than DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as your as your one-two. Right. Uh, yeah, did. honestly. Go ahead. Don't know if you're, you let her rip. Honestly, in my opinion, like DJ Moore, like, he could be a wide receiver one. He just needs to find the end zone. That's pretty much what it is. Like he had those, uh, I guess they would be anomaly kind of games, you know, where he would just randomly have like eight catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown, or he would just be, 
he would just have like tons of receiving yards, but just nothing to show for it because you got Robbie Anderson gobbling up all the all the touchdowns out there last season. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what Darnold cooks up. Yeah, and I just felt like DJ Moore, um, you know, he did have some of those solid games where he was over 100 yards, did struggle to see the end zone, but I just felt like Bridgewater uh, just ignored him or it, it, when he wasn't ignoring him, he missed him a lot. Right. You know, spent a lot of time sure. focusing on Robbie Anderson early in the year, and then Anderson kind of faded and DJ Moore came forward a little bit in the end. They don't really have uh, Dan Arnold's their tight end, right? They brought him in from Arizona. He's tight end 36. So they don't really have a whole lot going Much, in, the, yeah. in, in the tight end game, although Arnold is there to catch balls. He's not really uh, your typical blocking. He's kind of a converted wide receiver to a tight end, so uh, not really your blocking type tight end. So we'll see if he gets a little more involvement in there. But the Panthers are an intriguing team, right? They spent a lot of draft capital on – on the defense this year. So uh, they should yeah. be, should, should be better on that side of the ball. And, and, you know, we're, we're all waiting to see if, if Darnold, you know, can do this or not. So it'll be fun to watch. Well, well then it's also true. Uh, I don't know if you were listening to some old Teddy Bridgewater interviews. He was kind of also, he kind of threw uh, Matt rule under the bus. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> no. Kind of saying, uh, well, pretty much what he was saying is like, uh, cause you know, Teddy Bridgewater coming from, New Orleans playing under Drew Brees, you know, it's a set way of working and doing your practices and repetition, repetition, repetition. Apparently, um, Matt Rule never implemented like a two-minute drill offense or like a go, go, go kind of situations for like game time situations during their practices is what is what pretty much Teddy Bridgewater was saying. So they were unprepared when it came that time and they were they were in a a lot of close games, too, so. Right, and it makes sense because they just kind of seem like they're chickens with their heads cut off just running around trying to make it work. So, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Coaching, coaching, coaching. There you mm-hmm. go. How about the Saints? We've got James. So, so Taysom Hill is, is coming in as the quarterback 12, and Jameis Winston is the quarterback 13. Uh, I would say people are kind of – They're just kind of hedging their bets, right, on, on who gets the job. I, I believe personally that Winston – will have, uh, you know, a step forward in getting this job. He's the better passer. Um, obviously, Taysom Hill brings some some different things to the offense in terms of running ability and, and uh, mixing things up that way. But uh, as an every-down uh, passing quarterback, we kind of saw – I don't think I'll ever uh, be able to unburn my retinas from, from watching that New Orleans Saints-Denver Bronco game uh, in in the middle of the season last year, where Taysom Hill was quarterbacking for the Saints, and and because of the COVID situation in Denver, they had a wide receiver playing. Oh yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> playing quarterback, That's pretty, pretty and funny. It, it 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 honestly set the game of football back about fifty years. That one game alone, so um, it's going to be hard for me to ever get that out of my brain when it comes to Taysom Hill at quarterback, and I haven't been. Uh, uh, let's just say I've been a little bit of a critic of him as quarterback um, in this league. I just don't, I, I don't see it, you know, uh, shades, right, of, yeah. sh- shades of Tim Tebow. And I was never a, a big Tebow guy. Um, and, and, and we I'm saw, just, we saw where that went, you know, I'm just not understanding the fascination with Taysom Hill. I mean, he's a great gadget player. Sure. He could, he could come in and change the game a little bit. Is he able to play quarterback for, 
all four quarters, I'm not too sure yet. Uh, Sean Payton loves them, so there must be something that we don't know. But yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm the Saints, I'm probably looking towards Jameis. And you're who knows? You could get Jameis. You could get Florida State Jameis again. You know, he could come back and start reminiscing to his college days, or you could get the Jameis Winston of the Buccaneers. You know, where he's throwing thirty touchdowns and twenty nine interceptions in a season. Exactly. It's just that's the big thing with Jameis is he just has to find a way to limit the mistakes because you know I don't see Sean Payton being real patient uh, when it comes comes to that so but i you no. know I, th- I think it's winston's to lose at this point but um uh, but he is going to have to hold on to it alvin kamara is your running back three overall latavius murray uh, they have him all the way down at running back 41 which i don't know that i necessarily agree with i would have to look really closely at the guys that are in front in, sure. in in front of him but you know i even in a redraft league you're you're drafting latavius murray even if you whether you own Kamara or not, right? Mm-hmm. Be- because he's going to have enough of a role, especially if they, you know, they're talking like they're going to try to run, you know, establish the run uh, significantly in the coming season. So uh, he's going to be a big part of that. Kamara's not Kamara is not a twenty carry running back. He's not. That's not how he's going to do his damage. Uh, um, yeah, I was just going to say, Alvin Kamara. I'm. I'm. I like Alvin Kamara. I'm just a, I guess I'm just a big hater of the guy. Like you said, he doesn't really get too many touches, but he doesn't need it. He doesn't really need it. He just uh, changes the game in so many other ways. The thing is, with Drew Brees gone, how does his volume in the passing game work out? Yeah, we saw what it did with Taysom Hill. We never really got to see Jameis Winston uh, in that role with Kamara, but with Taysom Hill, man, it took. what was Breeze? Breeze was out maybe three, four weeks, and the 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 involvement it slowly creeped up there as the weeks went on. But man, it was like no no targets in the first game, and like two targets in the second game, and then finally, you know, was starting to get a tiny bit more involved by the third game. But uh, and and I we I talked about this Maximus, and I used to talk about this that it, the little dump off to the running back. It seems like a simple thing, a simple uh, execution, a simple um, safety valve or whatever. But that clearly, as we're finding out uh, when different guys step into that role, is not an easy pass to make, right? To, to hit a guy coming out of the backfield in stride uh, in a place where he can catch the ball and do something with it uh, obviously is, is a skill. It, it's an art. Uh, and you saw it with Tom Brady and James White, you, you know, so often uh, being able to put the ball in a place where he's not going to get killed, where he and, and where he can actually do something with the ball is is not a given. And maybe Taysom Hill uh, doesn't have that necessarily in his game yet in terms of uh, that type of a, a short range touch. I don't know, but we certainly did not see um, a, enough usage out of the passing game for Kamara. So. Uh, I would say Kamara should be hoping Winston is the guy uh, in terms of his usage. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray, though, I, I think is a little low at 41. I, I would be grabbing him maybe a little higher than that. I can see him going seventh as early as seventh round maybe. Because if anything happens to Kamara, as we saw in the past a couple of years ago, I have him on my MSD team, and uh, a couple of years ago, Kamara went down for two games, and uh, Latavius Murray absolutely 
uh, crushed during that time uh, because then he became the only guy and he got all the work out of the backfield and in the passing game and he can handle that uh, in short stints so we will see Michael Thomas comes in as the wide receiver seven of course everybody is wondering uh, are we going to see the Michael Thomas of old or are we going to see the this injured injury riddled Michael Thomas from last year where he went from the guy that set the all-time record for receptions in a season to, uh, you know, what, what was he like a wide receiver 70 or something last year? It, it was, it Probably was, like it was hard to watch. Um, and he had to deal again with when he did come back from injury, I had to deal with some different quarterbacking going on too. Taysom Hill and him seemed to have an okay connection. Only got in the end zone one time last year. And that was in the playoff game. Um, uh, and that's not going to do it. So, you know, are you, are you looking for a big bounce back from MT this year or, or are we, are we seeing? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. My opinion doesn't change on Michael Thomas as a player. Um, I still think he'll be a top five wide receiver. Um, in terms of his mouth, maybe that'll get him in trouble <laughs> because he was a little, he was a little outspoken at times. So, um, at, but as a player, nah, I've seen top five. Yeah, he can he can bring it. He can get open anytime he needs to. So, you know, we'll see we'll see how he rebounds from that. Uh Traquan Smith is the is your next wide receiver at wide receiver wide receiver 65. This is where kind of where the Saints are hurting. I think they don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. Uh Emmanuel Sanders goes over to Buffalo. Um so you know, takes that veteran guy out of there. So, we're going to have to see Traquan we've been talking about for 3 years now, you know. He's the next guy, the next guy, the next guy, and then uh, he just hasn't stepped it up yet. So this will be his chance. He's gonna, he's gonna get the opportunity to do it. And uh, they also have a new tight end, uh, rookie from last year, uh, Adam Troutman. He comes in as tight end twenty-one. I would say he is more of a guy to watch in this offense than any of the other guys. You kind of know what you're getting with everybody else, but Troutman being the guy, uh, they drafted him to be the guy. And again, tight end takes a little while to get your feet under you. I, I could see him, uh, you know, inching towards the top, top 12 tight end. If, uh, if he gets the usage, Jared cook went to, to the chargers and, and it's kind of his show now. So maybe somebody to look for late in those drafts. If you, you know, kind of punt the tight end position, I have a habit in redraft of kind of letting those good <laughs> tight ends slip away in the early oh, yeah, rounds be, because I don't like to uh, spend a lot of draft capital on them. And then I end up uh, in this tight end mess where I'm uh, kind of picking up guy. the wire every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah picking up a guy Same. every week, trying to chase my tail, essentially, you know, usually mm-hmm. the guy, the guy that I had last week is the one that goes off uh, normally when you're, when you're playing that game, I, I think we're all familiar with, with, uh, with the tight end game. So, so Troutman could be a guy to keep an eye out for late in your drafts and see if you can grab him because he should be there, should be available. And then we move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First time in history, uh, an, a Super Bowl champion has brought back all 22 starting positions. Hmm. That's impressive. First of all, mm-hmm. because it, it's it's really hard to do. You have to get uh, complete and total buy-in. You have to have a little bit of luck as far as uh, as far as contracts go and things like that, and when where guys are at, you you know you have to the guys have to be um, 
dedicated to trying to get that next title because uh, typically that success of a Super Bowl victory, you know, tends to go to go to guys' heads and they they go out and get as much money as they can coming out of it. And so so we'll see how it works out for the for the Bucks. Brady is your quarterback five. Dude is forty three hmm. years old. He comes in as the quarterback five. Five? Are you uh, in on are you in in on Brady at five? Hell no. He was impressive. He, he was impressive and won people some titles last year, uh, late in the season because of their schedule. I haven't looked far enough to, ahead to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule looks like this year, but I know that it would have been hard to count on him early because they were pretty inconsistent as far as things right. went. Uh, but but he did you know he did kick it into gear when he needed to. But quarterback sure. five quarterback five seems uh, you know like a bit of a reach for me. That's yeah. That seems like a status kind of thing for him. I, honestly, like during the playoff stretch, Tom Brady didn't really look that impressive to me. Like I don't know if he's gonna pull a Peyton Manning, you know, where his arm just goes. Like in terms of redraft, like heck yeah, I'm in on Brady year to year. Like you know, he had to take it one step, one day at a time with that guy. Um, I'm gonna say top eight, not top five. I'm, okay. I'm top, I'm top five. Yeah, and I, I'm not even sure. Uh... Sure, I would go that high on him, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll I was see. gonna say that was that was generous, but you can, you, but you, you, know, you kind of know, you know. I guess he's got a a safer floor than a lot of guys, uh, but maybe not right. the ceiling that some of them do. Leonard Fournette, actually, Ronald Jones is your running back thirty two, and Fournette is thirty four. So they have these guys pretty much neck and neck. Uh, not surprising, right? Because they pretty much uh, split the workload and and. You know, um, Aaron's goes with a kind of with the hot hand approach. Whoever's whoever's doing it, whoever doesn't fumble. You know, the one thing you don't mm-hmm. want to do in a Bruce Aaron's uh, on a Bruce Aaron's team is fumble, or or miss a, a miss a block in coverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he will literally light you up in the post game press conference if you miss a single block and your quarterback gets slaughtered, um, and and will sit you as well. So, you know, you're always, it's always a little dangerous to have either of these guys rolling in your lineup because you know that they are just one mistake uh, away from, uh, you know, sideline purgatory. Mike yeah, Evans. Not, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm not touching any of these guys, even Kayshawn Vaughn, you know, uh, they just have too many miles going on. They probably, they honestly, I didn't check, but they probably re-signed the Sean McCoy again. Probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, there's just like you said, there's just too much going on over there. Uh, at most, I would probably lean towards Ronald Jones. But like you said, uh, one moment you could be being loved, and the next moment you can miss a simple block. And Tom Brady got brushed the wrong way, and you're on the bench for half the season. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they they signed another running back. I cannot for the life of me remember who it is, but it's another veteran running back, and uh, it'll come to me later. But but uh, yeah, just to muddy the waters even more, Keyshawn Vaughn was a complete disappointment last year, and you know, with all these guys coming back this year, you know, how long are you going to hold him on your bench? Is the big question. I've got him in KFL, and have to make that decision as well. How long am I going to sit and wait for this guy? You know, I might give him a couple games to see if he gets any action at all, and if not. You know, it could be down the road for him because, you know, you just can't 
can't wait that long on these guys. Rosters aren't big enough. Uh, Mike Evans is wide receiver 13. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 18. And Antonio Brown, wide receiver 34. So if you, you know, they don't have that, that top five guy. But if you look at these guys across the board, 13, 18, and 34, you would be hard-pressed to find another team uh, with three wide receivers ranked that high as a group, uh, you know, to, if you were thinking about average on these guys. So, um, but which one's going to blow up? Who knows? Who cares? All, dude, as long as you got Tom Brady throwing you the ball, you're good to go. I yeah. feel as um, – I, I don't know how to call it. Obviously, Mike Evans is your red zone Scott will start to appeal. Antonio Brown still has that big play pop ability. You know, maybe – who knows? Maybe Antonio Brown – he's a little older, obviously, now, but maybe he returns to the form of Antonio Brown Pittsburgh Steelers kind of days when he was literally incredible. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And that's scary if they if that comes about because he um, literally was Im- impossible to cover even with no one no one else to to have to worry about. They could put all their guys on him and still couldn't stop him from getting ten catches a game. You know, only one football though, and and they've got to spread it around. So you know, you're going to play all of them more than likely. You know, maybe AB's a uh, a fringe guy, depending on what your roster looks like. But, uh, you know, Godwin and Evans, you're going with every week. So, you know, you're just right, hoping you that, to. hoping that they get touchdowns. Um, especially Evans is very touchdown dependent. Uh, Gronk is your tight end 13 and OJ Howard is a tight end 30. OJ appears to be back and healthy again from his injury last year. Cameron Brait, as always is, is in the mix as well. So the tight end position is a little bit muddy. Gronk is pretty, uh, touchdown dependent didn't get you know the volume last year but man when he got the touchdowns he he right uh, took care of it for you and and brady loves him down at the goal line so you know pretty he's he'll be drafted you know gronk will be drafted in in the first 10 rounds somewhere in there i'm guessing um and Absolutely. O- as he should and oj howard and cameron Brate will be waiver fodder uh that you will <laughs> pick up uh and hope to get something out of them at, at one time or another. But uh, that is the NFC South. We only have a couple divisions left, but uh, I'm actually going to hold off on those couple divisions. I don't know. what <clears throat> Are you, uh, are you uh, available tomorrow? I got one more day in me, and then I'm going to take about a week off. So uh, uh, You'd have to ride solo for a little bit. I got a busy day coming up. Yeah. Yep. Into yep. um, the week stuff. I understand. So yeah. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw something together tomorrow and, uh, you know, push through my school year ends tomorrow. So, uh, the recording studio will move from the classroom to the house. Uh, I start, uh, start working in the mornings at the other job, uh, starting on Friday. And then we are, we are headed for the coast next week. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Shut it down, down after tomorrow. Yeah, well, we're gonna try to try to get a little summer vacation in here early, and then hey, well uh, deserved, you know. Yeah, I think I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready, and and I know my students are ready. Man, they are like <laughs> last couple <laughs> they days. Get out there, huh? is, oh yeah, they're yeah. It's just right now, just holding them back. Can't can't really give them uh, too much heavy lifting at this point because they're uh, kind of pushing back. So so we're having a lot Fair. of fun uh, next couple of days, and and then I'll, uh, I'll wrap things up here, and we'll come back. I guess it would be, boy, uh, if you if you project a week out, it's going to be almost July by the time I'm back. But uh, I'll I'll certainly be in touch, and we got to get 
get in there and do the NFC or the AFC West and the NFC West. Uh, talk about, and we'll get on get on those. By that point, we'll have we'll be well into the. Uh, we should be into the NBA Finals. Maybe I don't know. We might still be in the in Sometimes the. Uh, in the in the conference finals we will definitely be into the nhl finals by then uh and you know into this whole baseball uh sticky stuff mess we will have uh seen the ramifications of it i'm sure right off the bat but uh right there'll be there'll be absolutely and there'll be plenty (laughs) to talk about and i'm sure there'll be uh, a few trades here and there, you know, are you, uh, you and YK working on something? Uh, there was a little, nah, something. man, that guy, that, that guy's something <laughs> to us. No, nah, we're not working on nothing right now. He's, we're just, <laughs> I guess, you know, me yeah. and YK, we just go back and forth on who, like Tang said, which guy can screw the other guy over more. Uh, I, love much I, me I love that. I love that comment. Me and, <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I laughed pretty hard at that. I was like, <laughs> dude, that's like me and YK in a nutshell. Yeah. If we could. Interesting. It, Cause go ahead. No, you're good. Go. Well, it's just because um, everybody thinks YK and I have a tough time trading, but honestly, like it's when I want something and he wants something, we just we just know like, hey, stop turning around. We want We're gonna get this deal done. We're gonna get it done pretty quickly. So it, it's just more so of like which one of us is in a better mood on that said day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like like Tang said, to be a fly on the wall to to listen to the all the conversation that goes into it behind the scenes, and that's with any trade, really. There are very yeah. few trades that just are uh, happen you know, like somebody, that. Somebody, yeah. somebody somebody offers something up, and the other one accepts it. That you know, there's usually got to be some back and forth to go along with it. It's you know, yeah. never never an easy thing to close a deal. It seems like yeah, there's but, some uh, scheming always going on trade, in the trade world. Absolutely, that's what makes it fun. That's why we oh, do yeah. it. Uh, oh yeah. That's why we are. That's why we are the fantasy managers that we are. All right, my friend. I'm going to get out of here. Let you enjoy the rest of your week. Don't work too hard. Try to get out to the golf course a little bit this weekend. Uh, you deserve oh, that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, go Bucks. Hopefully they can uh, even this thing up and uh, finish her off in seven and get on to the to conference finals there. Heck yeah. All right, everybody, for the fantasy is uh, Trey and Brian, and we are going to say over and out. Later, guys.